The following is a message by Dr. R. Scott Clark of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, please visit us online at www.wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. That's online at www.wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. Lord, exalted over all the earth, you are indeed Jacob's strong, Jacob's God and our strong fortress. You are our refuge and strength. You are our present help in our distress. And so we trust you and we do not fear. Lord, forgive our fear and unbelief. For you have earned our trust by your Son, his incarnation, his obedience, his death, his conquering of death, and his, in his resurrection, and his royal glorious reign at your right hand in his ascension. Holy Spirit, be with us this morning as we meditate on your word, and may we again see from your holy word and from the good news that it brings that indeed our God is our refuge. Our God has conquered all our enemies, and he shall conquer. Hear our prayer, accept our praise and thanksgiving, and forgive our sins for Jesus' sake. Amen. You may be seated. In the late summer and fall of 1520, Martin Luther published a series of of books, booklets, pamphlets, one of which was entitled The Freedom of the Christian Man. And he published these treatises, the Babylonian Captivity of the Church, and and then this one, The Freedom of the Christian Man, uh, as a declaration of, in a sense, war, holy war, against the corruption and bondage in which the church then found itself in the early part of the 16th century. uh, He complained, particularly in the Babylonian captivity, but elsewhere, about the complication of piety, which was obvious. We are not conscious of it anymore, but uh, there were an almost overwhelming number of feast days and fast days and endless acts of penance following uh, constant, if you were faithful, constant confession, and endless ecclesiastical hierarchies. And the corruption of the church was equally obvious, the corruption of piety. There were, for those who didn't fulfill their uh, acts of penance, indulgences for a price, Priests with concubines and whores, popes with children, and, uh, and worse. Uh, there were competing popes in the centuries leading up to the Reformation. Depending on whom you ask, possibly as many as 46 competing popes, going all the way back to the third century but particularly a number of outstanding examples of so-called anti-popes 
in the centuries leading up to the Reformation. And this is even according to Roman scholars. And perhaps the greatest bondage of all, the church preached a gospel that was no gospel. And and the message was very simple. The message was you get in by grace and you stay in through faith and works or cooperation with grace. Well, the Apostle Paul faced a very similar situation in 49 AD as he writes to the congregation in what was then southern Gaul, today modern Turkey. After the Jerusalem Council to confront the corruption of the gospel, which had led to a corruption of piety. And there were similar sorts of complications. There is truly nothing new under the sun. And he was confronting the Galatians and their corruptors, the corruptors being Judaizers, who said, we love Jesus, but we have an insight into the nature of the Christian faith, the Christian message, and the Christian life that will bring additional blessing, a a fuller way, a truer way, a better way, and that is uh, that we should obey the laws of Moses in addition to believing in Jesus in order to be accepted by God and to be truly and fully Christian. Paul, as you know from these series of messages and from your own reading of Galatians, took a dim view. And so he writes in Galatians 5, 1 through 6, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand, therefore, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say that if you should be circumcised, Christ profits you nothing. Again, I testify, or we might even translate that, swear, that every man being circumcised is a debtor to perform the whole law. If you do this, you have been cut off from Christ. Whoever is justified by the law has fallen from free acceptance with God. For by the Spirit, from faith, we await the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but faith working through love. The Apostle Paul issues here a declaration about the freedom of the Christian man, and he wants to set the Galatians free from the bondage into which they had been seduced and into which they had to uh, most likely voluntarily gone. We are, as Dr. Horton always reminds us, wired for law. And so we're always open when someone comes and says, you know, the gospel is great, but what about this? And, of course, they never quite put it that way, do they? But that's, that's the subtext. That's the implication of what's said. Jesus is great. Isn't Jesus wonderful? And I have also this for you in addition. And we're always so interested in that in addition. You know, I don't know if you remember, you probably don't remember the, the old game show Maybe it, well, maybe it came back recently, if memory serves. 
there was a, a, a game show on when I was a boy, and, and the host, Monty Hall, would offer people, you know, the prize behind door number one, door number two, or door number three. And, of course, he was uh, uh, playing on their, their greed and their avarice. Sometimes he would show them what was behind door number one and, and then essentially uh, needle them to try to see if they could get a better deal. And almost invariably, they would try to get a better deal. And just as often as not, uh, when they chose door number three, it would be a donkey. And they would have passed up a speedboat or a house or something outrageous. Well, that's the way we are. And of course, there's nothing new about this. It goes back to the very beginning. Right? What did God give us in the beginning? He gave us a tree of life. And he gave us another tree of testing. And he entered into a covenant with us. He also swore in the beginning an oath with us and said, this is, this is what I swear I will give you. And he sealed it, right? And what, what, what did he promise that he would give us? He would give us eternal fellowship with himself if we would fulfill our responsibilities as prophets, priests, and kings. And he sealed that oath that he made with these trees, and particularly the tree of life, and then the other being sort of a tree of, of testing, one a sacrament of life and the other a sacrament of death. The day you eat thereof, he attached uh, sanctions, punishments. The day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. And the evil one came and said, you know, life is great. And obeying God is great. But let's think about this for a little bit. What did he really say? I mean, after all, who really knows? When he said life, what did he mean by that? You know, it has a lot of meanings. Could mean this, could mean that. And... What about knowledge? You know, we only have a snapshot of what took place, but you, you know the evil one just as well as I do, and you know what he said because he says it to you all the time. Has God really said you shall not eat? Well, that's right. We, you know, we can't even touch it. That's just disgusting. That's so unfair. Never mind, he said, eternal fellowship with the living God, the triune God, if we should love him above all and our neighbor as ourself. And we refused. And the evil one said, I, I promise you, I promise you, just eat this fruit and you will see it'll be fantastic. You'll see stuff, you'll know stuff that you never knew. It'll be great. Trust me and obey me. Just have a little bite. It'll be good. And we did, and then we did know. And what we knew wasn't good. And then we did hear. And we found out that God keeps his word, doesn't he? The day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. He wasn't kidding. And we heard a voice of judgment, and he came, and he said, what did you do? You swore a false covenant. You broke my covenant. I made you able to, to keep and to obey and to serve and to love. 
and to enter into eternal, glorious, blessed fellowship with me, and you chose something else. Get out of my holy place. And then the second Adam, the prophet, priest, the true prophet, priest, and king came and entered into the same covenant. The day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. And he, and he obeyed the covenant for us, that covenant of works, creating for us a free covenant, a covenant of free acceptance with God on the basis of what he had done for us. And that was the message that was announced to the Galatians. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I have fulfilled the terms of the covenant. I have satisfied God's righteous anger that was due to Adam, that's due to you. I've endured the punishment. I've endured the shame. I took on myself the death that you incurred, even though I'm holy and righteous and good and and of myself deserve nothing but fellowship with God. And, and for your sake, the Father turned his face away from me. And for your sake, I said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. And that was the message that was proclaimed to the Galatians. And how easily they were bewitched. And what was the consequence of their bewitching? Paul says, you have been entangled in a yoke of law-keeping. But it wasn't for entanglement and bondage that Christ came and that Paul came and that the gospel is preached. It was for freedom, not for bondage and slavery. For freedom. By the way, the commentators struggle with these op- this opening dative expression, I guess I'm ignorant, but it it seems to all the world to me like a dative of advantage. I'm not sure why it's complicated. It seems very clear here. This is a dative of advantage. For your sake, for your advantage. What is the advantage in this case? For freedom, Christ has freed us. Therefore, because because of this truth, stand. And of course, what's the opposite of standing? It's falling. And what's the consequence of falling? It's becoming entangled in a yoke of slavery. If you want to present yourself to God on the basis of your performance, symbolized by taking the yoke, by, 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 symbolized by circumcision, if you want to do that, there are only two ways to relate to God, Paul says here. Free acceptance in Christ on the basis of what he has done or your personal, perfect, perpetual performance of the law. Choose this day. That's what Paul sets before us here. For freedom we were set free in Christ. And what does the evil one offer? What do the Judaizers offer? What do the other, what do all corruptors of the gospel offer? Nothing but entanglement and slavery and death and condemnation. Always wrapped in a nice, attractive, very friendly package. The evil one never comes and says, you know, by the way, if you eat this, it's going to go very badly for you, and you're going to really regret it. You're going to just, you're going to feel heartsick. You're going to want to go out and vomit somewhere. You're going to be so repulsed by what you've done. 
He never ever says that. That's what's going to happen. But he never says that. He always says, it's going to be great. For freedom, we were set free in Christ. Paul, even here, swears an oath, just like the evil one, just like God. But his oath is, like God, his oath is true. I swear to you that every man being circumcised is a debtor to the whole, to perform the whole law. Do you understand what he's saying here? There are only two ways of relating to God. And the way of freedom is to trust in him who has already performed the law. If you attempt in any, even the smallest way, to perform the law for yourself, you have abandoned Christ. Verse 4, Paul says, and this might be a somewhat free rendering, but I think, it's, I th- I think if you look at the usage of the word, it, it's quite possible, even probable here, that he means you have been cut off from Christ. Either Christ was cut off for you, either he was circumcised on the cross for you, which he says elsewhere, or if you choose to do it yourself, you've been cut off from him. You want to be circumcised? He's going to get to this later. I don't want to spoil that for you. But he's, he's implying here, he's hinting here. You, you, you think circumcision is great? Go for it. You can have it. You think it's so fantastic. Just that little bit of initiation into the law entails the whole thing. For our part, for our part, we will rest in Christ. Christ is everything for us because we know that we cannot perform the law. We can't have a little law without having all the law. Therefore, relative to justification, we will have no law. Now listen to me. Relative to justification, with acceptance before God, we will have no law. I didn't say we'll have no law norming the Christian life, did I? But relative to acceptance with God, we will have no law. Calvin says the papists say they ascribe nothing to works except through the mediating grace of Christ. How was the error of the Galatians any different? They didn't believe that they had departed from Christ or renounced his grace, but Clark adds they had. And yet, Calvin says, they lost Christ when that chief head of doctrine was corrupted. Reformation was a repudiation of Judaism. The reformers consistently described their opponents as the new Judaizers. And there are always new Judaizers. Always. And they come in slick packages, friendly packages, attractive packages, well-written packages, nice packages. But Jesus wasn't nice. He was harsh. He was bloody. He was dead. He was despised. He was cold. He was in a tomb. That's 
the reality. That's what law keeping, right? Our failed law keeping brings death and destruction. But Christ brought life and he offers it freely. And we, in response, what what matters, Paul says finally, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything. If you really understand the gospel, circumcision means nothing. You can do it or not do it. But don't do it if someone says, this is the way to be accepted with God. When someone comes to you with that, you say, get thee behind me, Satan. That's what you say. But really, circumcision is, or uncircumcision isn't anything. But here's what the Judaizers didn't have, that last little bit. Faith working through love. Faith, trusting in the finished work of Christ that produces fruit, that works through love. And, and here, just one last thing. Here, even here, the Judaizers want to corrupt the, the consequences of the good news, the freedom of the Christian man in the Christian life to live according to the law of God in, in light of the gospel by turning faith working through love into faith being formed by love. But once again, I quote that Lutheran Calvin who says, whenever we debate justification, however, we exclude all works. Works are nothing for us in justification. Our works, our performance is nothing. Christ's performance is everything. And in light of Christ's performance and in union with him by the Holy Spirit who performed by us, which union is created by God the Spirit through the powerful message that you've just heard, we live a life of dying to self and living to Christ, not to earn acceptance with God, but because we've been accepted by God. That's the difference between the good news and the bad news. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks this morning for the good news that Jesus was for us and that he is now in us and we are in him, not by our performance of any of the law, for we failed to keep the covenant of works and now we are incapable utterly But he came for us to perform what we could and should have performed but refused to do and did it for us. And and again this morning we freely accept what he did. And we ask for grace that we uh, might live in light of it. That indeed faith uh, working through love might be our life. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Copyright 2012, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.